Hi, Jensine here, the founder of 32 Pesos. You may not know that I have committed to launching a podcast brought to you by 32 Pesos, my most recent venture. This podcast covers all things arts and culture, conversations with innovators in the arts and culture scene, sharing personal stories, challenges, and successes, navigating the future of these industries. My most recent conversation that I'm so excited for you guys to hear is with my Uncle Phil. Um, This was an impromptu recording that um, is so dear to me. I believe that Uncle Phil, Phil Perry, as you all may know, offers unique insight in what um, music can do and how it impacts culture and community. His journey is so unique, and I hope it inspires you as much as it's inspired me. Hi, Uncle Phil. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well. I know you as my Uncle Phil, but the world knows you as Philip Perry. Yes. Famous singer, songwriter, jazz musician, composer, writer. I don't know, brilliant mind (laughs) of real life. Uh, keep putting that peanut butter thick on that bread. I'll get full eventually. <laughs> I actually wanted to sit down with you um, because my discovery finding 32 Pesas Artist Collective has made me want to ask real questions to real artists about real life. and Give it um, a real shot. And give it a real shot. And yeah. I feel like what's so important today as we're i think all like kind of recovering from a shock wave i Mm -hmm, guess mm -hmm. um it's like what moves the soul and you are so much music (laughs) that tamed the savage beast right right so good (laughs) so with that Uh um i kind of i wanted to talk to you about um a little bit of your your musical journey and then your personal journey and the decisions that you made as you navigated what your next move would be okay and that comes with even like moving to different cities and you know joining different labels or even moving independent right um so tell me like you philip perry born in springfield illinois springfield illinois which now right. chicago is obviously my hometown but right. you know i'm a california yeah, close, close 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 that's <laughs> but right having spent time in Chicago, you see how important music culture is, and mm-hmm. not just in the beginning of this region, but see, watch how it evolves through mm-hmm. um, the world. So. Mm-hmm. so, okay, here's the journey. When I was in junior high school, I was asked to be a part of a singing group. Yeah. Um, the singing group didn't last very long because a couple of the individuals weren't really committed to doing it. But I did, that That was also my the beginning of my journey in composition, in writing, in writing music and writing lyrics. So were you classically trained? <coughs> you were scouted by um, nuns in the in Catholic school, yeah. In Catholic uh, school, yeah. I, uh, for, for my Catholic school alumni watchers of this, do you, where did you go to Catholic school? St. Elizabeth in East St. Louis. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a nun that loved to give math pop quizzes. 
right? Just right. basic math. But she didn't tell you that you were going to be tested on it. Mm -hmm. So, so one day she decided to give us a test. Back then, in Catholic school, you had to keep two sharpened pencils on your desk. So I was finishing. I kind of was looking around because they didn't like you to look around when they were giving the test. They yeah. think you were cheating. So I kind of looked around. Nobody was. I was really the only one that was done. So I just started. Doing that? No. I picked up the pencils huh. and I did a, a beat. Oh, my God. I love it. And then about four bars into a 4-4 four, four time signature, I changed the time signature to 5-4. Wow. But I didn't know that the nun was standing behind me. So she said, get your books and come with me. Wow. We go to the principal's office. She tells the she gets up in the principal's face and says, this boy hears things that he's not old enough to know how to do, and we are not doing right by him. So I had a champion. Uh -huh. I mean, I always had a heavenly champion, but now I got an earthly champion in my corner. Now, that's what started this journey, you know? Uh, Singing Gregorian chants when you're in the second and third grade in Latin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That that will make you grow up musically pretty quick. Yeah. So you. Because you have to focus on both the things. You have to you have to you have to focus on the melody of the music and the harmony that you're supporting with other voices. Right. But you also have to lock into. The language. So you um, kind of jumped into it, though. So would you consider yourself classically trained because you got scouted and started your career at 17? So well, traditionally, I, maybe not, but... I, I, I wouldn't consider it what some people would call a, quote, classically trained beginning, unquote. Right. But, you know, I got ears. Right. So I can hear. I know it moves my spirit because I can feel. Mm -hmm. I know when it doesn't sound right that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. What do I need to know? Right. Well, especially <laughs> if you're writing all the hits and composing everything, which you did. Well, a lot I, at the time, you know, we we did. We were just. We were. Just, I was in junior high school when this. Started. You were just having fun. Yeah. So. So, what did you think the industry looked like then, though? Because this was. It was I mean, probably on one the of the most romantic eras of R&B music ever. Wow. That's exciting. And so when you use that backdrop of what was being played on the radio at the time as your tutorage, then it makes you look and search and find little things that move you either musically or harmonically, or you hear a guy do a, a certain lick with his voice, or you hear a woman or harmonies that you're not used to. You just kind of suck all of that in yeah. because no matter what I've ever heard, there's always come a time where I'll remember. I may not be able to use it when I do remember, but I remember. So can you tell me a little bit of, about your journey after well, post, you know, training, Catholic yeah. school singing yeah. and how, um, 
you got involved with your group and then toured and then moved out Midwest. Right. I know you had toured. In okay, so the quick East. story. When I was in the group, the group that actually I felt had the the ability to stay together. Um, Montclair. Yeah, so I started writing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay, but they didn't know I was writing. Oh. So we would just do talent shows singing other people's stuff that was out at the time. Okay. Okay, so we won this talent show and the trying to get Where was trying the to say it right at? it was at uh east side high school in east st louis illinois wow um the winner of said competition if you want to look at it that way mm -hmm. would get an opportunity to go to the studio and record and that was such a big thing this is the 60s yeah that was such a big thing in like culture and music right. and your relationship with radio and right. listening and gathering information. So I went home, together. started writing this tune. Right. 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 Showed it to the guys. Yeah. Showed them the parts. Uh, on a Saturday morning, we drove across the river to St. Louis to the studio. Had a bass player and a drummer there. I showed them, played the song. They wrote out little charts, little cheat sheets. Yeah. We recorded it. We did the backgrounds. I sang the lead. I was done. Yeah. Okay. At least I recorded it. Nobody ever hears it. At least I recorded it. Well, I didn't know it was gonna be. I didn't know that they were really. I had no. I had no concept at the time hmm. of how much work there is in hmm. the music business. Oh yeah. None at all. So when it finally came out, it started getting some airplay. Uh, one of my buddies called me on the telephone, and. Uh, Said, hey man, KTC is playing Hey You wow. right now. So I, I trot to the stereo and I, I get the tuner and I put it on 1600, and sure enough, there it is. Well, that changes something in you when you hear yourself. You know in that moment, whatever whatever it was in that performance that you could have done better, you'll never get the chance to do it. Right. And you actually, I feel like that must have stuck with you because every time that you perform or you sing, like, it's infectious. Yeah. Well. It's so infectious. You gotta, I, I learned one of the more important things an artist can do is believe what they're saying. Because if they believe it, there's going to be part of them that they're going to put into it that wouldn't be in it if they didn't believe it. That's interesting with you coming with your foundation being R&B soul. What do you think about music today? Do you think that people I don't think believing? it's very musical. Mm -hmm. it, it's certainly rhythmic. Right. It certainly has some thought-provoking lyrics written to it. Right. But ain't no melodies. Very few harmonies if we talk about hip-hop. And now, pop? pop is cleaner. Mm -hmm. But see, you have to understand that when I was coming up, people were writing songs that changed people's lives. Yeah, I don't hear that kind of music out of today's music generation. I'm That's not saying I'm not saying that it's not going to come. Yeah, and your your opinion's not like 
a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. There are I, lots of industries. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not yeah. gonna come, but it's not here now. Yeah. And those people that we're looking for it. <laughs> the, the ones that are I'm really dating myself saying this. The ones that are thirty five to forty years younger than me. Right. They haven't been they haven't taken enough of the journey yet. That's all. They will. If they love it. One thing I can tell you. Yeah, you can if I didn't love it, this is something I couldn't have done all my life. Well, and and I'm glad that you said that because I wanted to ask you a, a personal question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I had read that, you know, in the like late 2000s, maybe even early 2000s, that you'd gone through like a, an artist depression. And from 9-11. From 9-11. Yeah, we were scheduled to perform at the Twin Towers on 9-11. Yeah. So we go to, I'm, I'm in Chicago rehearsing with the band. We get on the bus from a parking lot that takes you to uh, Midway. And a policeman came on the bus and said, I'm sorry to inform you that the airport is closed. Please go back to your vehicles. Wow. That's how, that was my first word of 9-11. Couldn't call home for three days. Wow. Couldn't get through. Wow. Hey, it is what it is. You know, I was worried sick, but I was prayerful. Yeah. And when I did get through, my prayers, I knew my prayers were answered, so I was good. Yeah. Also, then that depression was more of. Well, you see, I had done that series. You had to take a break. I had done that series three, four years in a row. Right. So some of those faces I remember. Yeah, not seeing that is that human connection is, I think, so real between the relationship of the um, artist and the listener. Well, you could be the greatest artist in the world, but not have very much self-esteem if you don't think anybody's listening. Wow. I I knew that people were listening, and I knew that maybe not everything that I did, but I knew that I had the ability to make a connection with an audience that wasn't glamorized, that was sincere, that they could see was motivating me to get to another place. Mm -hmm. When you say that, it makes me want to cry. Yeah. Well, because it's, I know, I'm not going to cry. I mean, it's, it's it moves me because I, I have seen it's, um, you built, um, through generations, you have really built a legacy with your music and your um, listeners and that's you never if you don't amazing. do it, if you don't do it you never know I didn't want to blame somebody else if I had to blame somebody I'd rather blame me yeah so well you do music everywhere around the world right name some of your favorite places to perform uh, to for, to perform specifically or just to be in to perform oh those are two different questions to me so you can answer both. <laughs> well, I've been going to the Pacific Rim for close to 34 years. Wow, so cool. I've made a lot of trips to Indonesia, a lot of trips to Japan. Yeah. I've been to Thailand. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Malaysia. Yeah. Those are some of your favorites. Yeah, I like that part of the world. However, I like the Caribbean as well. Yeah. I've been to Brazil. Yeah. 
So <laughs> you're like, well, that's it. <laughs> I what, love it. I mean, what? Yeah. What, I've been I've been fortunate and blessed enough to get the opportunity to go to the places that, as a child, I thought I would never see with my own eyes. Wow. Yeah. So your passion really opened up a world for you that became Correct. so big. You got to take the journey. Yeah. If you want the ride, you got to take the journey. And you did that building a family. Yeah. I was. I mean, when the kids were little, it was, it was a little difficult, but. But I always felt like as long as I gave my best effort, God would always bless me with an opportunity. Yeah. How did you feel about um, managing that work-life balance between like being home and- I, I didn't really give it a lot of thought because as you know now, yeah. when you become a parent, it really ain't about you. No. You know. Yeah. So, when it's since it's not about you anyway, then take a look on the platter that everybody's eating on, and see what you add to the platter. Mm. So, I always wanted to be the one in our family that filled the platter up, yeah. so that everybody could eat as much as they could hold, and there was still some left on the platter. That's awesome. I love it, Uncle Phil. You got four little kids. Yeah. You scared not to work. Right. That's another flame of motivation to put up under yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And can easily be used as such. Yeah. So did, were those like um, factors in your decision making of um, deciding to, come to out stay here? with labels? Well, yeah, because you when you left, well, you came out here for capital and you then know, you went the, independent. Me and another guy were the youngest members of the singing group. Yeah. The other two members of the singing group had families, mm -hmm. had kids, mm -hmm. had jobs. Couldn't give it up, yeah. You're... I can't say that they couldn't. Yeah. But if I was faced with what they had to deal with, I wouldn't. Because I, I, I knew I had a family to support. Mm -hmm. You can't be angry at somebody for taking care of what is theirs. And, and I wasn't. Plus, I kind of got the feeling that because of the run of the early 70s, singing groups were kind of yeah, decreasing. decreasing. Yeah. And I thought, of all the places in the United States, where could I go and make music for a living and have a good living? I thought New York, but it's a little clicky, as New York can be. Yeah. I thought Nashville, plenty of music if you don't mind singing country for the rest of your life. Yeah. Which... Then I thought about L.A. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, L.A., movies, television, national jingles. Yeah. Maybe L.A. might not be a bad idea. Right. And you accomplished all of those. Well, everything I wanted to do before I got here, mm -hmm. I did when I got here. <laughs> I, Illinois will always be where I'm from. Sure. But I've been in California long, longer than I've lived in Illinois. Yeah, this is in essence. I mean, yeah. I totally so I don't know what, like I said, it'll yeah. always be where I'm from. Yeah. But California's my home. Yeah, I mean, you're a star. You belong in California. <laughs> I love you. And with that, my I'm going to give you a break on that, man. <laughs> no, I feel seriously so honored to even, you know, it's kind of like how you were making your decisions of like, 
I'm doing it for my family. Now with me having my son and wanting to decide what my work-life balance is, it's just, I want to follow, I want to wake up and enjoy what I'm doing. And I also want to live my life. And I feel, my sense is that by sharing that you can make the decision to make it work with your family or your community Mm -hmm. that you're Mm -hmm. around to help build that world, that that could definitely, true i wanted to be the one in my family that didn't hate going to work and the only way you can go to work every day and not hate it is to love what you do yeah well i already love the music why would i look somewhere else So what's the future look like for Phil Perry, Uncle Phil? <laughs> well, no, for me. Five years out, just five years out. Like, can I, can we get you to do another tour, which I'm trying to? <laughs> uh, I'll do, I'll do dates. I don't know how many elongated tours I have left in me. Right. Seriously. Yeah. 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 January of next year, I'll turn 70. And I was told early in my career, to watch and be cognizant of the ones that came before me and how they treat their careers. I don't want to be on the road when I die. I want to be in my house that I worked for with my kids and grandkids around me, smiling, ready to go. And I want to die around strangers. I want to die around the people I 